0: Well, good morning. Today the markets are treading water. The FOMC minutes came and went with little fanfare. The tax plan announcement to pay for all the spending in the US hasn't had much impact either. UK concerns about AstraZeneca for folks in their 20s. Well, that might be behind the fall in the pound today and the Aussie dollar is also down, but generally it's very quiet. It's Thursday, the 8th of April 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, not much movement in the US dollar on the DXY. It's up a tiny bit, but the dollar is up half a percent on the Canadian dollar. The Aussie dollar has lost 0.8%, down to 76 uh, US cents. The pound is down 0.7%. They're the two biggest moves. Equity markets are positively lacklustre, a 0.2% rise in the S&P 500. Uh, really, that's the best of it for the United States. But, of course, we are hovering around record highs, so it can't, it can't keep on going up. Uh, but the FTSE 100 is up 0.9%, whilst the Euro stocks 50 is down 0.3%. Not much happening with bonds either. And oil is up a little bit, about 0.3%. A little bit of a choppy session with a big drop in oil stocks in the US recorded overnight, down 3.5 million barrels in a week. So, what do we talk about on a day like today, where not much is happening? Well, Gavin, friend, always finds something to talk about. Senior market strategist at NAV in London. Maybe we should start, Gavin, uh, with the FOMC minutes. There were no big surprises, you know. Low interest rates for longer. Asset purchases going on for some time before they start to taper. Was there was there any talk about inflation concerns, or do you think that's all gone away as well? You know what what were the takeouts? Clearly, not much. Looking at the market response.
1: Yeah, morning, Phil. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the the standard well-known headlines, you know, Fed officials see in some time before substantial progress will be made towards their goals, i.e. that's the, you know, the nod to tapering, that's a long way from being fulfilled. Um, you know, still looking at the the, cri- the, the health crisis, which, con- which continues to pose considerable risks to the economy. Um, they, again you know, see the rise in yields as reflecting improved economic outlook. So, um, you know, uh, and, 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 you know, for markets, nothing really new. That's why the reaction has been very, very muted. There was some technical discussion around um, short-term market overnight rates and, and what the Fed might do if downward pressure continues on that. But it, that, that's kind of a, te- a technical Discussion and that uh, has no bearing on, on on policy rates. So move along, move along, please. Nothing to see here. I think is the uh, phrase right, And I'll
0: similarly, think. when uh, Janet Yellen she outlined uh, what the how the U.S. Treasury is going to pay for Joe Biden's two and a quarter trillion dollar infrastructure package, we sort of knew about this anyway. I mean, a twenty-eight percent corporate tax, a fifteen percent minimum tax on all earnings, including foreign earnings, and it sounds like that's been watered down as well. Uh, Because I'm I'm sure, you know, if there's an extra tax on Google, uh, for example, then every country would want some of that tax. So there's going to have to be a bit of give and take uh, going between the US Treasury and foreign governments on that. So I think that's been watered down as well. But again, you know, uh, that was sort of big news in the United States, all of this, but not much market reaction to any of them. No,
1: that's right. I mean, I don't know. You know, we look at... um The week so far, markets aren't really moving around. I think, you know, investors and um, markets are scratching their heads a little bit as to why, you know, we've had this pullback in benchmark yields, despite the strong economic numbers at the back end of last week with the non-farm payrolls and the ISM services. Um, And maybe, you know, what Jalen Yellen talks about, the slower, more inclusive legislative process that's going to be ahead to get the Biden package through. We know it's going to be several months in the making. We know there's opposition from Democrats, let alone Republicans. And um, so maybe that's one factor that's kind of, you know, just allowing markets to take a bit of a breather before, you know, economies reopen uh, and before inflation starts pushing on again. You might also say that, um, you know, the report from the World Bank today upping global growth forecasts, I mean, these, these you know, uh, institutions, uh, supranational institutions such as the World Bank, like the IMF, um, they tend to be a little bit behind the curve, really, with their forecasts catching up eventually, I guess. But, you know, no great surprise that they have pushed up their outlook for, for the U.S. quite markedly. Um, not so much for the Eurozone. Um, again, you know, this might play to the idea, and I think there's a nascent feeling, we, we, we're not immune to this ourselves, that investors are perhaps seeing you know, the sort of early signs of uh, more synchronised global activity coming through. We look at the Eurozone service sector PMIs today uh, and the, you know, the composite numbers that come through after very strong manufacturing numbers last week, of course, you know overall which shows from the composite numbers that um, eurozone activity is back into uh, expansion of course led by pretty much surging uh, manufacturing activity and you know so whilst on the one hand we've got this very bleak situation in europe in terms of the the vaccine production the vaccine rollout that ought to be news that moves into the rearview mirror relatively soon because we know in the current quarter the vaccine production and the distribution is really going to ramp up. At least it's scheduled to, because we don't know what is 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 is, is waiting us in terms of vaccine hesitancy. but we assume that there won't be, you know, that there won't be widespread hesitancy. And therefore, the whole production thing picks up, and you know, Europe will be what a couple of months behind the US. And so, when you're starting to see stronger numbers out of Europe, despite the slowdown. Um, on the vac- on the vaccinations, yeah. So this okay. race that
0: we, this race that we've been talking about in the past between the US and uh, and Europe really is is becoming a bit of a mute argument. It's, I think is what you are saying, isn't it? So maybe a bit of rebalancing because of that. Uh, it, and those numbers that you are talking about, I mean, it wasn't just manufacturing, was it? I mean, the services PMIs were looking very good, and just as we said yesterday, uh, you know, the, the, these are final numbers, uh, but everything's so choppy right now. You know, expect those numbers to be upgraded, and they were by quite a. Bit, weren't they? So PMIs for services for Germany uh, from fifty point eight to fifty one point five is the upgrade, and that's up from forty five point seven in February. So services kicking back in as well.
1: Yeah, indeed. And um, you know, we, we can expect this to go. And don't forget, even you know, if the US is out front, it's not so far out front. But it, you know, a, a recovering US based on um, the, uh, the, the the Biden uh, relief plan. It floats all boats. It it, it helps, you know, Europe's manufacturing success, and particularly that Germany, you know, is making kit for Asia. It's making kit for the rest of the Eurozone, but also its orders coming from US. And you saw that today with US trade numbers. You know, um, again, you know, the the demand there for uh, imports from around the world um, continues, and so. Again, it just underlines that view of perhaps more synchronized global recovery rather than something about a story that's just centered around the US.
0: I, I, you mentioned, uh, you know, concerns about whether people are going to take the vaccine or not. I just wonder whether, you know, one of the news stories overnight, the fact that AstraZeneca, those concerns that uh, for people under thirty in the UK, they've said, you know, in the the AstraZeneca's home territory, if you're under thirty, don't take it if there's a choice of taking another vaccine uh, because because uh, of the heightened risk in those younger age groups of blood clots. Now, uh, the UK has not talked about blood clots at all, but all of a sudden now they're they're, they're saying, well, we're going to find another way for vaccinating people under 30. Uh, It's still very low risk. So the risk of serious harm for someone under 30 is 1.1 per 100,000 people in their 20s compared to 0.2 per 100,000 people in their 60s. But, you know, still one in 100,000 people, it's still better to take the vaccine because uh, you get blood clots if you get uh, if you get uh, COVID-19 as well, of course. But isn't there a danger that this being out there now could, you know, cause some hesitancy, which could slow the rollout of, of the vaccine? If not in Britain, then it's used as another excuse in Europe.
1: Well, we have to see. But, I mean, you know, the facts of this uh, development state that um – The the rollout programme of the UK has has been going down. It's been at pace, as you know, around about close to 50% of the population, but starting with the older population and those um, at at serious medical risk. The the under 30s are way down the track. The government, the authorities have some time, the, the benefit of time, before they have to really start worrying about Uh, do they have enough uh, alternative Pfizer, Moderna-type vaccines rather than AstraZeneca for the under 30s? So they've got time to jig around with the distribution of bits and pieces. They've just done their steel and rolling out stuff from Moderna already. Um, And so that's why, you know, today they're maintaining their confidence that this will not, this development will not interrupt uh, the flow of vaccine uh, production, distribution um, through through the community.
0: But is this what's driven the pound down today? We've got cu- two curious big moves overnight. We've got the, the pound losing uh, zero point seven percent, the Aussie dollar uh, losing zero point eight percent, even though the US dollar hasn't really moved very much itself. Mm.
1: No, I think that's right. That's 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 certainly one one of the issues that's 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 weighing on sterling. Uh, and, and, and I would imagine, because the government, yeah, you know, for the reasons I've just given, is 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 that we would see that as a temporary development. Um, it's just the market being a little bit cautious after a bit of a run-up on sterling. Um, Overall, though, as you say, the dollar really isn't going anywhere other than, if you like, if if there is a discernible trend in the dollar in the last few days, it is slightly on the weaker side. And again, that plays to that whole, you know, um, possibility that the markets are perhaps a little bit more open to um, synchronized global growth rather than something that's um, either just risk off, which which would favor the dollar, or uh, out and out, uh, dollar strength coming from US economic uh, uh,
0: outperformance well, a bit of global rebalancing is what you're saying isn't it look today uh, for New Zealand we get the ANZ business outlook we get factory orders for Germany Initial jobless claims for the United States, which weren't that good last week. Are we are we getting, going to bounce back and get towards that one million that people have been talking about? And Jerome Powell talking at an IMF panel on the global economy tomorrow morning. That's about it. It's been an incredibly quiet session overnight and yesterday. It looks like it's going to be an incredibly quiet day again today as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine that Powell is going to say anything particularly new or things that we haven't heard from before um and and i mean this week i mean i, I don't know whether it's it, i suspect it's partly the uh, the Easter or passover holiday um and uh you know markets are just reflecting on uh where we've come taking stock. i think and um yeah you know there is a lot of uncertainty out there and, and a lot of caution a, a lot of lack of conviction yeah I think.
0: I think that's it isn't it all right very good well we'll leave it at that point great to talk gavin i see you again very soon thank you thanks Bill. And apologies for the sound quality from uh, Gavin's end. We'll make sure we do it much better next time we talk to Gavin. That's it for today, though. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Have a great Thursday. See you tomorrow morning.